and thanks everybody for your time and interest to listening to these uh, audios. So today we have another special guest. His name is Kevin Clark. So you are a project manager for the company Black Creek Development out of Sylvan Lake, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's that's correct. Yes. That's great. So thank you for your time and presence on this series, Kevin. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what you could bring to the table. And uh, yeah, first of all, I would like to uh, explore a little bit further about uh, your actual education background. So if you can just share a little bit more about that, who is actually Kevin and this industry, and, and we can go from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been a project manager for 10 years now. I kind of grew up in the industry. My father was a you know, electrician, plumber, framer, you know, he kind of did it all. So I was, I was in the trenches at a young age and I, I learned a lot about construction. As I got older, I, I, I did some framing, different things like that and, uh, started to take a liking to it. I guess I really started getting into my stride more on the sales side of things. And as I brought sales to the table, I was trained to be a project manager just based on keeping me out of the field and, and giving me something else to do while I was trying to sell. So, and in learning how to sell, I had to learn about building envelopes and, and orders and processes. And, uh, from there, I guess I, I became a project manager. So I've been doing it a long time now. And, and, uh, I, I guess I can, I can speak to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the the passive house side of things i uh we we actually took a class in calgary it was one of two classes in canada we we laugh a lot because we were probably the two dumbest guys in the in the class ron goss our, our the owner and i we were uh in a room full of architects and engineers and and uh we we felt a little out of place but uh we we learned enough just to be dangerous <laughs> yeah, all the time. I've every time that I, I get in touch with uh, uh, new contractors, new trades, and and whatnot, right? So every time that you take take the time to to speak with everybody, you, you can feel like I'm so green on so many ways, right? And the, the the way how how you can enhance your your knowledge just to speak about certain topic more on, in in this type of industry, right? Where it's changing so fast, sometimes. Again, right? Well, on this side as an architect, yeah, you, you have to kind of rely on certain principles. But at the end of the day, it's not like just the architect on their own world, but it's like the, the actual team relationship, right? Will, that will kind of just bring the project moving forward and trying to kind of just uh, enhance every, every side or every element of the project to be better, right? And uh, all of a sudden, I think is 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 more like a, an actual uh, coordination, help one another and trying to just be better in order to just move forward in a project, right? So, no, I've, I've learned so much about uh, the, the actual construction uh, process. And the most, yeah, the most of the time is, is coming from the contractor, right? So we have the principles, but we have, we have to build it, right? So <laughs> we, can, we yeah. cannot do it by ourselves, right? Yeah, it's... <laughs> it- it changes and transforms, especially when you're dealing with a passive house. You know, what, what looks good on paper doesn't always necessarily look good on site. Oh, yeah. So it's very hard to, to join the two together on top of a very difficult system. 
as it is. Correct. So th- thank you for that. And uh, now trying to just talk a, a little bit about uh, the actual company, Black Creek Developments. So I know that uh, you are up in your ways in order to kind of just uh, little by little trying to kind of just uh, uh, be better on this type of energy performance type of uh, projects. So can you tell me a little bit more about the actual companies? I don't know if you know a, a little bit of uh, the background or, or, or whatever you can share with us. Yeah, well, um, company's been around for about seven or eight years now. I've been with them for five. Uh, Ron Goss uh, started with uh, Kevin Duchanik, and um, basically it all began just from needing offices from for themselves. They they started uh, building offices, and they got into. When I started, we started doing. Um, multi multi unit uh, apartments yeah three to f- three of those big projects in the last four years and um, and then we've done a few uh, CRU buildings and, and stuff like that so now we've uh, I've been on with five years and I bring to the table a lot of my contacts and uh, we managed to to land the job with Garrett Scott and and we showed a lot of interest in and what he was trying to do by by going to courses and learning about what he was trying to do, and that helped us land the project. and And uh, so, yeah, we're a, we're a small company. We're we're not uh, not doing huge projects every year. We maybe do one one or two big projects a year, and and we kind of like to keep it small and and a tight knit family. and And we don't have a, a you know the big overhead or. It's just it's more uh, more of a family atmosphere, so we we try and keep to that size. Oh, that's great because uh, I understand that uh, it depends of of what the the owner of each company wants to achieve, right? We can just uh, think about beer uh, corporation, and all of a sudden, every time that you are dealing with the project, you're still dealing with a small team, right? In order to kind of just uh, move forward in the actual project, so it doesn't matter. How big or how small the 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 actual company is 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 uh, uh, mostly like how can you uh, relate with the different team like components of the team and trying to kind of just move move forward as a as an holistic uh, approach in, in certain situations, right? So no, that's Absolutely. great. Um, that's good. So now that you were touching a base about this passive uh, house project here in Red Deer, so how was I don't know if you can just mention something about how was your uh, the actual approach between the client and the contractor. So can you tell me something about that? Yeah, I, I think it was great right from the start. You know, we we sat down with Garrett and, and uh, we we got a really good idea of what he was trying to achieve. And and I think the important part is buying in to what he wants to do. You know, lots of people have ideas of of how to do things and and we ran into a bit of that with some of the engineering on the on the team and and uh, you really have to listen to what the customer wants to do and and buy into this passive house it's it's nothing like we've ever seen here before in North America Correct. and it's it's so far advanced we we have the green energy movement and uh, basically they they swap things out so if you got an overhead door that takes up so much space and air you know you get if you open an overhead door you got to make make room for that cold air somewhere else you have to make so what they usually do is incorporate more insulation or or you know just less windows somewhere else right 
Whereas passive house is a total unit. The whole building functions together as one. There is no trade-offs. You, you can't, you can't trade a window for an insulated wall. That's the whole, I mean, they take the curvature of the earth into account with how much daylight hits each window. And if there's a tree in front of that window, it cal- they calculate how much shadow is on that window. It, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. They're way ahead of us. It's right. Uh, the houses are even, uh, even crazier. So in terms of, of the actual approach between Garrett and, and you guys, uh, basically Garrett, uh, get in touch with you guys. What, what, what well, was the, the process? We, we heard rumblings through town and, and fortunate enough, I play golf with Garrett and, okay. uh, We knew he, he needed to, uh, build a new Subaru dealership. There was a, there was an old building there and he acquired the land and he, we kind of got chatting a bit and he had a few other contractors that have obviously contracted him as well. And, um, I, I think we took the direct approach of that. We're, we're going to, we're going to go and we're going to invest in taking the courses on our own. We'll go learn about all of this passive house stuff and. I, th- I think we sat him down and, and made him an offer that made sense to him and, and in building this thing. I mean, it's again, something that nobody's ever done. So mm-hmm. how, how can you price that? You know, like it, it's, it's pretty hard to, uh, to get, get a bunch of bids from a bunch of contractors who've never done anything like this before. Correct. So we try, we, I, I guess we convinced them that we would do this together. Mm-hmm. And we made it a team. We we didn't make it a contractor owner situation. We we made it a team effort, and and we worked together throughout the project and in bidding and pricing and buying all the mm-hmm. trades. We we worked together on everything, so it it made it a lot a lot more sense for Garrett to do it that way. I would think. Correct. So then, when you what you're saying is. Dorette approached you with the actual passive house in mind. Like when you got in touch with him, is like the, he already had the idea to kind of pursue this type of certification. Yeah, he got the idea from a Netflix show, actually. And so it's he, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, he started doing some research and he had some friends who were architects and they pointed him in the direction of, uh, of Lucas out of uh, Vancouver. Okay. And so Lucas came down and met with us and they're the ones who designed the plans and yeah, brought to brought everything in Garrett's mind to paper. Right. And then, and then from there. Yeah. That is pretty interesting because uh, now, well, I interviewed Garrett three weeks ago and uh, it, it's pretty interesting the way how he approached to get this work on his mind. Right. Because on this type of product, uh, as it's pretty new, as, as you were saying, nobody's doing this pretty commonly here in Alberta, right? We can just know that uh, on, on the coast and the, yeah, we know that everybody's doing this in Vancouver, right? They have a different, yeah. again, different threshold of weather. They have also a lot of different materials, but trying to kind of bring this here is a little bit challenging because again, right, we, we don't have First, the, the experience. Second, well, we need to can just bring some other type of products or material in order to can make it work with this extreme weather. And 
yeah, the learning curve by by all means is pretty hard to to sell, right? So at some point I was thinking, well, I need to kind of just sell the principle to new customers, right? To new clients. But I think that is going to be pretty hard if the actual client doesn't have the the set of my. I can remember that Garrett told me, um, yeah, I was convinced that I wanted to do this. And even though I, it like the project took around two years, and even though we like the actual construction process took another chunk of time, uh, at some point you have to gonna see that he was pretty convinced of what, what he wants to achieve. And again, through the, the whole, uh, team between the designer, between the contractor and the, the proper set of mind of the client, everything moved forward, right? So now that you're saying that, uh, you got this first approach from Goret and, uh, you, embrace his vision is when he start your need to uh get the proper education so you're saying that uh, you took a team and you went to Calgary and took the course so how many person of your of your company took the course or it just ended up being two of us yeah. um i was going to be the lead project manager no matter what so i was in on it um unfortunately we we didn't have our um our uh, site supervisor with us at the time. We, he, uh, Blair, Blair Pirate, he, uh, he worked with um, Camden for a long time, I, I believe 30, 30 years. So we went after somebody who we knew had a ton of experience in the building field, just specifically for this project. Mm-hmm. And um, we knew we would have to have a great site guy just to be able to get this done. That was uh, that was key for us. So yeah, Ron and I took the course. We learned a lot. I would say we l- learned way more than we th- we thought we would. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's amazing what uh, what goes into it. And thank goodness we didn't have to get into the math side of things of it. But uh, mm-hmm. the building envelope and and learning what passive house is all about and it's focusing on what we're good at generaling the project and, and making sure the special special needs that need to be paid attention to there's the extreme detail i mean we used we used over eight kilometers of tape on this building right taping every little hole every little pinhole to try to get the the proper air um pressurization in that building so so yeah. not, not, not that you are talking, uh, touching on, on that point. So, uh, one of my next, next question was like, what was the, the most challenging procedure or, or situation that you faced at that point in time? So what, what you can just uh, mention out of that? Um, I would say it started right off the bat. So the, the whole envelope has a, a thermal barrier. So the walls are 26 inches thick, filled with insulation. Uh, we have four feet, four to five feet of insulation in the roof of Subaru. And then underneath we have um, 12 inches of SM insulation. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a floating concrete slab on this insulation. Mm-hmm. And in in order to, and because of our ground, the Subaru site needed piles. So we had to pound in piles and then we had to figure out how to encompass the piles caps in insulation and create those void void forms mm-hmm. or beams, and that got got intense. I'm and so the, there was a lot of meetings around that 
it was a lot of uh, brain brain power from all the trades. We we would we were doing countless hours of of trying to figure out these these designs and how to put them together. There there was a lot of moving parts, and then <laughs> when you use twelve inches of SN insulation underneath the slab, and you're trying to get it level over fifteen thousand square feet. Right. I mean, we were using lasers, and I mean, it it was down to broom strokes basically of trying to get the insulation to line up and and stay true so there was there was a ton um again on that car bays they need to be exhausted so the mechanics could be able to work on them but you've got all this fresh air coming into the building but it's circulating with the the carbon monoxide from the vehicles so we had to figure out a system in order to exhaust the vehicles and still be able to keep the passive house with, with its air changes per hour. So there was, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of engineering and, and math crunching going on throughout the whole project. It was, it was a lot of, you know, five steps forwards and four steps back because we thought we had something licked and then no, we, we got to go back and change it. So it was oh. a, it was a neat process. Correct. And in terms, um, now that you're talking about uh, leakage uh, situation, right? So, how the blow testing went? So, did you kind of just uh, uh, hire a, a sub trade in order to do that, or do you have your own pressure test or, or whatever? So, what what was the process? Yeah, we reached out to so Thomas. Uh, Thank goodness we took the course because we ended up meeting a lot of uh, passive house people at this course that had connections in the industry. So uh, Tomas, the teacher, he uh, just finished doing a passive house in Okotoks. So he had a blower door test guy there. So I got a hold of him and he gave me his number. Fortunate enough, he, he came down and, and pressurized the building for us and that was such a cool process. I've never seen anything like that done before. We we're we we're walking around 15,000 square feet with a little tiny smoke pen. I have videos of us doing it. And oh. you're basically checking every little window, crack, nook to, to find these. And you wouldn't believe the draft that would come into the building with pressurization. So. Correct. So, so that's good. So basically, you you were able to kind of find a, a local uh, super trade in order to do that, right? So that's good. Yeah. So, uh, and that was my, my next question about how you was able to detect any leakage. So you basically you went all over the place with this uh, smoke pencil, trying to kind of just look for the draft, and basically that was the the, the actual solution type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we would we would find the drafts and we would tape them. It really wasn't hard. It was like a fan was blowing in your face. So, so you cool. could walk into different areas and, and you, you could feel it right away. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, sometimes they'd be whistling. It'd be such cool. a heavy pressurization. So mm. it was a, th- that was the coolest. That was one of the most memorable part of the builds is, is being inside there. What we were doing. Correct. And uh, in terms of the actual suit trade, like, uh, did you have like a specific, I, I think, uh, yeah, in this passive house, um, uh, seminars, they were talking about this leakage or airtight champion type of thing. Like is it basically one person that is dedicated to kind of just go through everywhere and, and try to kind of find out uh, where the actual leakage. So 
you have that yeah. per se, or or, or basically is is everyone has the ownership to just don't make a leak. So yeah, well, <laughs> the the guy was on site with us, and and he had his little uh, monitor, so he could see how much leakage we had in the building, and although I mean over 15,000 square feet, he said it was equal to about an 18 inch by 18 inch square. And we had to find that much in little holes. So yeah, we had all hands on deck. The boss was there, uh, our site super, a couple of our laborers, myself, Mm -hmm. uh, we were just going around with tape and just taping, you know, in holes and whatever we could tape. And, uh, as, as you, you tape for an hour, probably, and then go back to the machine and look at the rating and it would drop. It would oh. drop significantly even after us doing it for just an hour. But it, mm-hmm. it took most of a day to, to do what we needed to do to get to the number we were at. And, and he said it was it was uh, the lowest he's ever seen on a building. So That is what he, I saw on, on, on some of the articles that I've seen like through, uh, through, uh, through the web, right? Saying that uh, we not only can achieve the 0.6 uh, ACM, ACH, but even lower, right? So that was a, that was pretty neat, I believe, right? So, I, he said it was huge. I yeah. I had no idea. He was excited when he saw our numbers. Correct. So it made me excited because he was happy, but I had no idea that it was as good as it was. So <laughs> it was uh, it was neat to see for sure. So my next question is related to how many tests you did. So I understand that you have to do the uh, the pressurize that and and the under pressure type of thing. So at at some point is like well one at the beginning when another one at the end type of thing. But you you have to done like so many more or, or how that work? Yeah. So we did one at the start and that was kind of there was no drywall in the building or anything like that. So. And the outside of the building wasn't complete either. Mm-hmm. So we had to make sure that our penetrations and everything from inside and outside of the building were, were sealed. And then we put our drywall on and we tried not to penetrate that, that uh, barrier at all. Everything we, you know, drywall screws, they had to hit the studs. If they didn't hit the studs, you would, you'd mud them and tape them right away try to fill those holes Mm -hmm. we couldn't have any leakage in the building obviously so yeah after we got basically the complete job drywalled and sealed up again it actually made it tighter again because held in more air obviously with the with the drywall and mud and tape how do you like it so far thank you for being with us if you want to know about the following part just keep in touch and follow us for the next part of this episode. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast, either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin, you will hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable and would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also, if you like what you get from this audio, I will recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening and let's meet again soon.